Welcome to One Heart, One Mind, a podcast of the Nampa, Idaho South Stake to inspire and give hope in our efforts to build Zion. And now your host, Kim Keller. Welcome to this edition of the One Heart, One Mind Nampa podcast. This is a podcast about hope, a podcast about the ability for us to lift each other. And uh, today I am joined by three special guests, good friends of mine. We've got Brother Jim Crockett. Howdy. I have Sister Jamie Danner. Hi. And I have Sister Lisa Nichols. Hello. All members of the Nampa South Stake and people that I work with on a very important committee. But I'm going to spend some time, first of all, letting you explain a little bit about who you are and what makes you unique. Jamie, go ahead. My name is Jamie, and I am a member of the Nampa Fifth Ward. And I have been single my entire life, and it is something that... Uh, some people support and some people want to push me in another direction, but I have had many bishops and stake presidents who have encouraged me to stay the path and to give me encouragement and who have loved me along the way. Uh, my parents have also been very supportive of me and making sure that I know that the choices I make are important and that our Heavenly Father is well pleased with me. Jim. I, I'm Jim Crockett. Uh, I'm the Nampa 10th Ward. I'm a widower. Uh, my wife passed away almost eight years ago. Uh, we were married for a little over 40 years. Uh, and it's nothing that I was prepared for. Even though she was sick for a number of years, I was not prepared for what happened. But I have had lots of support over the time. It's been uh, lots of ups and downs, lots of goods, lots of bads. But uh, it's, I'm, I'm progressing, and I hope someday to see you again in the Celestial Kingdom. That's my great expectation. Lisa, tell us about yourself. Um, my name is Lisa Nichols, and I go to uh, 10 Nampa, 10th Ward. I am divorced. Um, I have five adult children, um, and I work for Nampa Smiles Dental Office. And I'm just really blessed to have great support and friends from my ward. Um, they've been so helpful and kind. And I'm just so grateful to Heavenly Father that I'm right where I think I need to be right now in my life. That's wonderful. So I mentioned earlier how blessed I am to be able to work with you three. We work really hard to... to to understand the needs of the single members in our state, don't we? We do. And, uh, yes, we do. Yes. You guys represent them well. What we want to talk about today a little bit is, is expectations. Uh, expectations for ourselves, but also expectations that people often have on us, which sometimes can be, gosh, should I say, damaging? Uh, or <laughs> yeah. or inappropriate uh, those sorts of things. So, but I I don't want to speak for you. So I'm going to ask you some questions and let's talk a little bit about that. Um, let's talk about first of all internal expectations. What are some of the internal expectations that you have for yourself as you begin uh, each day uh, along the continuing path that you have? Hmm. Interesting question. Um... In my case, expectations changed rather dramatically when my wife passed away. And I had uh, President Runner, when he was a state presidency, 
uh, gave me some counsel that I've took to heart, and it was absolutely wonderful. He says, don't hide. Get out there. Don't, uh, don't disappear. Because uh, the first thing you want to do when a spouse passes away is your motivation goes away. You just don't want to do anything. You just literally want to sit there and throw the sheets over your head and hope this day will end. But I took it to heart, and I've gone out there, and I've uh, changed my expectations. Uh, I've done things, and I'm looking forward, like I said, to see my wife in the celestial kingdom. We And I, I have watched you, Jim, also in your service and in your calling. Uh, you're always out there trying to bring uh, excitement to the other members of the single community mm-hmm. and speak your mind and help us all realize, hey, this is not an easy thing to go through. Yeah. So you have done well at that. I Thank you. Thank you. I, I try to be positive. Yeah. I always try to look for the positive in things because it's very easy in our situation to be negative. Mm-hmm. And we need to be positive and going forward and we're trying to instill that in other people. Yeah. Thank you. Lisa, what are some of the expectations that you have for yourself? Well, um, I really find, um, uh, especially during COVID, you know, we get to really learn more about ourselves because we were stuck with ourselves at home. And um, I was trying to just, you know, solve the purpose of my life. And I really, one of my expectations is when I wake up and leave the house, it's how many people can I help themselves feel better about themselves? What can I say to uplift somebody? And I, I have the opportunity so many times during the day to do that. So when I, when I do a good job at that, I drive home and I, I'm just happy. And I'm just so grateful for that opportunity to help other people. Well, Lisa, when she comes into church every Sunday, she lightens the room up. Lights oh, the chapel thank you, Jim. <laughs> she, just, she just brings in a big smile and everyone wants to give her a hug Well, before COVID. I know. I, I, I've been leaving five minutes early. Here's my secret when I do come so I don't get tempted to hug anybody, but I love everybody. <laughs> it is hard. Jamie, share with us some of your uh, internal expectations. Some of my internal expectations are to serve others. Because if I'm not dwelling on, oh my goodness, I'm still single. Oh my goodness, I don't have this. Oh my goodness, what about this? And I can focus on whether it's smiling at somebody or it's opening the door for somebody or it's writing a note to somebody or it's a big act of service. Number one, it's helping our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, but it's also helping me and it's helping heal whatever is wrong uh, with my attitude or with anything that could possibly go wrong. So no matter whether you're married, you're single, you're divorced, you're widowed, it's something internally you can do and you can provide and it doesn't take much and it helps everyone. Marvelous. Thank you. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about maybe the things that uh, people don't know that they're doing. Sometimes people will have um, some external expectations, or maybe you feel there's expectations that the world has of you. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's within the church. But um, I don't know that everybody knows what a single member of the church is feeling uh, from those sorts of expectations. 
So share with us some of your thoughts on that. Uh, part of that is is just because we're single, you can still talk to us. Um, yes, you might be married. Yes, you have children. Um, some of us don't have children. Some of us do have children. But please, still speak to us. We're human. We're still Heavenly Father's child. And we still want to feel your love. We still want to have your friendship. And there is nothing wrong with us because we're single. We're still searching for that love. We're still searching for what we need to do and what we need in this life. And we would really appreciate just being able to have a conversation with people and them not thinking, can I talk to them? Should I talk to them? They're single. Yes, it's, it's, as I know when Dee passed away, uh, a lot of the people that we used to socialize with no longer were socialized with me. I mean, we were friendly in church, we everything else, but in terms of socializations, going to dinner, uh, going out, going to a movie, I was kind of a fifth wheel. And so, because they always had couples. And so they wouldn't, they, they, you know, they invited me for a while, but eventually they, they quit doing that. And so it hurt, but I understood. Why do you think that would happen? I mean, what, what, would, what do you think is going on in the mind of a married person to think that, oh, what, maybe we better not invite uh, Jim? I don't, to be honest, I don't really know. I'm still the same person I always was. Now, I've seen some people have a hard time talking to you once this happens. They're they're trying to be empathetic as, as to your situation, but they don't know what to say. They're afraid to bring the person's name up that, that it might upset you. Or they're afraid to talk about their spouse or the things you're doing in their family because it might upset you because you no longer have that, that ability to do that. We're big people. We can take care. We can take care of ourselves. Please talk to us. Yeah, yeah. excellent point. Yeah. And Jim, something I found with you is you want to talk about your wife. Yes. You want to be in eternity with her. So why would you stop talking about her? Definitely. Okay. Lisa, what are your observations? Um, I uh, agree one hundred percent with both Jim and Jamie. It is. It does seem like people are, um, the married couples are somewhat um, kind of skittish to talk to us. Um, and uh, I have both male and female friends, and they're kind of both the same to me. Um, I do get along better with men than I do women. I've always had men friends in my life, um, and that's what we are is just friends. And I... Uh, um, I don't know. We won't bite you. We won't, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that's I agree. It's fascinating, isn't it? I, I don't know what it is about us when we see somebody in a different situation. And I think that, I don't think that, and I think you'd probably agree, it's not malice on anybody's no. part. It's no. just it's a, not. I don't really, I don't, I don't know if I relate, so therefore maybe I can't converse. Do you think that that's kind of what it is? They're, they're afraid that you're going to talk, at least in my situation, they're afraid you're going to talk about your spouse and maybe it'll make them feel uncomfortable. And so they don't want to talk to you about that. And so they just avoid you. Yeah. Well, and sometimes in my situation, it's, well, why aren't you married yet? Or, um, well, do you feel bad that you haven't had children? Well, of course I feel bad that I haven't had children, but the void is filled 
with the love that I have serving in my primary callings and serving in the young women's that I've had the opportunity to do. And with my nieces and nephews, I do have a void of not having children of my own, but at the same time, there's ways that Heavenly Father has placed children in my life and I've been able to take care of and I've been able to teach and I've been able to mold and I've been able to nurture. So just because I'm single and I haven't been married, please allow me to share my talents and to be your friend. I've heard about some of those things you do for all those nieces and nephews that you have. Tell me about that. About that. You go a little overboard for them. Don't you spoil them a little bit too much, Rotten? Uh, probably. My sisters would probably completely agree with you. Um, I do um, have a tendency to get a phone call all the time of, but mom told me no, so I'm going to call Aunt Jamie. And um, I do take them school shopping every single year. And I do help take care of that with my parents. And I do that for all of my nieces and nephews every year. So That's wonderful. Good, good, good for you. So when we talk about some of these expectations that maybe you have or that you feel that other people have, how do you manage those? In other words, either one, your internal or your external. Um, if, they're, if you're falling short on one of your personal expectations or if maybe somebody's um, putting a pressure on you or an expectation of you that's, that really they shouldn't or that's uh, maybe inappropriate for your life situation, how do you manage those things? Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, I smile a lot. <laughs> I just say, oh, this acknowledge their, their expectation. He smiles and thank you. And you just realize that they're trying to help. And in, 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 to me, they're thinking they're trying to help me, you know, with my life. And I just smile and say, thank you. I'm going forward. Maybe someday I'll date somebody. Maybe someday I'll get married. Thank you. Lisa, how about you? Um, boy, that is a good... Um, you know, I, I listen to opinions and um, that I should have. Um, but I am in no rush... Um, to get married until I find the right one. I so that I'm in no rush. <laughs> Happen when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, when someone tries to place expectations on me, I try and remember the expectations that I have for myself. And that my Heavenly Father has for me and that what I'm trying to achieve, which is to be able to live with him again. I had a conversation with my 16-year-old niece yesterday, actually, about not settling and the fact that she knew at 16 years old that I would be married in the temple. And that is something that I will always instill in my nieces and nephews. And anyone I come across that no matter what, that will be where I am married. I will not settle. And I've had opportunities placed before me that I could have been married. However, I will not settle for less than what my Heavenly Father thinks I deserve. And that is something that when somebody tries to um, 
think that they know something more than I do about my situation, I remember. And I know that they come from a good place, that they're not being malice, that they are trying to help. But um, they also need to remember that we need to show love for one another and we need to remember that maybe the situation to keep my covenants and to marry in the temple has not presented itself yet at this point. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I, um, I hear you all talk about your, your own situation, which are so fascinatingly unique, right? And that's the amazing thing about the, the members of our stake who are single. We've got nearly 400 adults in our stake uh, who are single over the age of 30. And, uh, and very different lives, very different situations. And I think of this time of COVID, as we're interviewing in the middle of, of uh, this pandemic, where people are, other people are feeling what it's like to kind of be secluded. And, uh, but you guys have, this is how you live most every day of your life, right? Is mm-hmm. trying to navigate what it means to be, uh, to be secluded from people. Mm-hmm. Tell me how important gatherings are for you as far as the social part of of the church or your work or those sorts of things it's amazing how much 2020 has changed because i can be an extrovert and i want to be out there with people and i want to be able to have interactions and Ran into Lisa the other day at the store and it was like, oh, somebody I know, somebody I know. And it was so exciting just to be able to say hi and to interact. It's so important to have that face-to-face conversation. Zoom gets you something, but it doesn't get you that tangible, in-person feeling of a conversation. And when you're single... Being able to have a gathering, whether it's having sacrament meeting in person, children being able to have primary, the youth being able to have young men, young women's, being able to have Relief Society and Elders Quorum, being able to go to work and not have to work from home. It's amazing how much of that has been lost and it has, it's almost damaging because you find yourself retreating and retreating and you're like, does anybody even know where I'm at right now? Do they know how I'm feeling? Yeah. It's so fascinating. We, we talk about this and a lot of what we're talking about is just that, you know, people don't need to be afraid of, to talking to you because you're single, because you're different, right? So we, 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 we talked about that a little, little earlier. I'm looking at these pictures of Jesus on the wall and how he's talking to somebody one-on-one. I can t- I'm trying to imagine Jesus doing a Zoom healing. <laughs> You know, it just doesn't fit, right? There's just something about following the Savior means we're close, right? Mm-hmm. And and so approaching someone who's different than us in any way, and today we're talking about married versus single, does um, that's something that Jesus would just do, right? Because it doesn't matter who you are, you're an individual, mm-hmm. and I and I have a love and a care for you. Um, so and so it kind of goes to you're talking, Jamie, about the. Uh, the importance of having some social contact. But I think it's part of being a member of the church. It's part of following Jesus is a close sociality with individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, share some of your thoughts, Jim. Well, uh, through some friends, I joined a Facebook group called LDS Widows and Widowers. And we have 
two or three activities a month, the Idaho chapter a month. And we, uh, this last week, went through the Sensi Lights. There were 17 of us. We all had our masks on. We walked around Sensi. But what's nice about that group is we're all widows and widowers. And so we can talk about our spouses and they talk about their spouses and we feel comfortable with it. But it's the socialization. And that's part of what needs to happen. People need to socialize. We are socialized by human nature. I can be an introvert. I would, I lean that tendency, but I force myself to get out. But we need, we need that socialization to help. And for example, this past summer, I uh, started a bicycle riding group within our, within our group. And so we had, we started with three people. And by the end of the summer, we had 20 people coming out twice a week riding bicycles in Boise or in Nampa or Caldwell and Middleton and having bike rides. And it was wonderful. We were exercising and people were talking and they were visiting. And even with COVID, there's things we can do to socialize, but we have to be careful. Yeah. You know, and, and you, I love how you talk about people coming together for doing things, but we have struggled, yes. haven't we, to just yes. to get the word out to people that... That if you're a single member of our stake, just come and be friends, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a misinterpretation either from members of the stake that are married or people who are single that think that what we're trying to do is something different. W- would you speak to that, Jim? Yes. Um, I've had people uh, talk to me that, well, the widow widowers or the single committee, you're just trying to get each other married. That's what we're trying to do. And that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to develop cohesive we're trying to serve each other mm-hmm. i would love to see us as singles serve other singles to minister to other singles maybe there's a single elderly sister in the ward that would love to go to a fireside but she can't drive so we as a single maybe we need to go pick her up and bring her into the bring her to the fireside or bring her to an activity you know maybe an award activity go pick her up take her to award activity that's what we can think as singles can do is we can serve others yeah, we struggle. We try to set up activities. Yes. For example, people can go on Nampa South Singles dot org. Yes, Nampa South Singles Nampa South Singles dot org. They can look that up, and we have on there all the, all activities, the activities that are in the region, and, and right. we plan our own. Go ahead. Prior to COVID, we would have, there was a fireside, a singles fireside every Sunday evening, sponsored by the different regions of, of the valley. And there's also probably an activity every week, sometimes two activities a week for singles. And like I said, we have lots of, well over, you know, thousands of singles in this valley. And if we're lucky, we'll have 30 or 40, maybe 50 show up in an activity. I would like to have multiple activities in a week. And so we have to choose meet activities. Right now we're having one. And it's, and it's, it's the communication is getting the word out to the singles Hey, just come and have fun. And that's what we as our stake committee are trying to do. How do we communicate to our singles in our stake that we want to help? Just come and have fun with us. That's why we call it a gathering. Yeah. yeah. Or even come and learn. We were doing, before COVID, we yes. were doing Come Follow Me on the fourth Sunday of every month. And we were doing a potluck with it. We were gathering together, we were meeting together, we were learning, we were enriching each other, and then we were feeding each other. Mm -hmm. And we were having fun and we were having conversations, you know, just to be with one another and to be able to have friends. Yes. 
And just to have a friend to just sit down with who is in the same situation with you, however they got in that situation, just to sit down and have a meal with them Mm -hmm. is priceless. Yes. And we... And we worry about people who uh, who are at home, who are alone, yes, yes. and who, if they would just, if if they knew how much we we want them just to to be with, to be with our group, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's all our we're we're providing uh, we're, we're ministering to the singles of our stake. That's our our function. That's what we're trying to do, and we're having a hard. To be honest, we're having a hard time doing it. Yeah, even before COVID. Even before COVID, <laughs> <laughs> even, it's even harder now. Yeah. Yes. Lisa, you have a unique experience in that you're a relatively new member of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about how uh, how you see the church um, helping you um, in 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 the sociality part of it. Okay, I am beyond grateful for my ward family. I I had uh, one of my sweet sisters last night. Um, just come over out of the blue and just brighten my day just to see her. Um, I love my primary calling. I am I'm so grateful to be a member of our faith. I am just, and if there is any singles that are listening to this, or if you know somebody who's single, please uh, let them know that this group that we're trying to Get, we're just trying to build a bunch of good friendships. So if they need any help or if they need anything, they could call any one of us and we'd be there. Um, I don't know. I'm just so grateful. I'm well, very grateful. We want as many people as possible giving us input as to what they want to do. Yes. You know, there's just a few of us, and we're trying to come up with ways to help people. The more, the merrier. Yep. The more input we get, the more activities we can have that'll, that'll, that'll you know, People can come to the new improved singles. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> well, so and that's that's been so amazing about it, especially watching you three and others who come to our our meetings to try to you know get the word out and have something. But but to be fair, there are people also who are single in the church who have felt that uh, being a member of the church is hard for them because they're single and they feel sometimes maybe on their own accord. And but maybe because of somebody else, they feel a little bit pushed away, and and they don't feel comfortable, uh, or want to engage in, in the social part of the church. Am, am I describing that correctly? You, yes, you are. Yes, you um, are. It is very hard on Sundays to sit on a bench by yourself. It is very hard to walk into a building where you know there is a party going on with your ward. And you're walking into that building by yourself, but other people walked in with a spouse or they walked in with a spouse and their children and you're walking in by yourself. And it's very, very hard and it's very easy to just say, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go in there because it's hard. It's so hard to open that door and to walk through that door. It's very hard to walk into that chapel and to go walk in and sit on that bench knowing that you may be sitting by yourself. That's something internally that we all have to struggle with. But with how many singles we have, 
We need to reach out to each other. We need to buoy each other up. We need to help each other, but we also need to rely on our ward members who aren't single. Please sit by us. Please reach out to us. If you haven't seen one of us for a while, call us, show up at our door, reach out to us, find the lost sheep. Yeah, we have a lot that are that are out there that, that are needing some love from, from all of us. So what I'm hearing you say is whether you're a single person or a married person, you are, um, well, how would somebody reach out? In other words, if I think, oh my gosh, I heard that she's single, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go invite her to come with me and my wife, but you don't even know who that is. Would that be awkward? It depends. <laughs> it really does. Um, because, uh, you know, if they're genuine about what they're inviting you to, if they're inviting you to come to an activity at the church, it's not so awkward. If they're inviting you as a friend to come and go do something with your family, like after church, please come over and have dinner with our family. Yeah. If they're inviting you to go do something like that, they're inviting you to come and get to know them and they want to get to know you. That's the first step. Please reach out and well, encourage that friendship. And much easier, be, and that's the beauty of a ward, right? Much easier when we can break this down into a relief society or an elders quorum mm -hmm. or just being in the same brotherhood and sisterhood of a ward. It's much easier to be able to say, I recognize you. Let me introduce myself to you. Tell me about your life. That's not hard to do. It's not. And, uh, and the more we get to know, the more we can continue this socialization. Jim, you guys got some wisdom to share on this. Um, my situation, because I do have a spouse, what... It, it aches my heart, really, to, I will go to church, I'll go to the temple, and I'll see a couple walking in holding hands. And I long for that again. You know, remembering I had that. That's something that, um, that literally puts a hole in my heart. I, you know, I just have that longing. And so, you know, I have friends, and they invite me to go do things, and I'll, I say no, because I feel like a third wheel. Because you, you, you go to an activity and they're talking among themselves about something or with their kids and you're kind of just kind of sitting there. Now going to church, I, I have people I sit with at church, but they're married and then they go do their thing. They go home, they do their, their home thing and then I go home by myself. Well, I have my daughter there, but still you're, you're by yourself. And so I think wonderful idea if the single, I know people probably don't want to do this, single sit together. Just kind of have their own little, they need to get together as a group of award, and that can, can build into the state. But this kind of, now Lisa and I sit together periodically. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, we, and we visit, we talk, and people go, shh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know. So what I'm listening to, which is fascinating because, and this is what I've learned by just my experience of serving with the single members of our state, is everybody has a different yes. story and a different experience and a different expectation for how, because because Jamie, you just said it'd be wonderful if anybody calls and invites. And you gave us a strange twist because early on you said, you said, Jim, I, they weren't inviting me to come anymore after my wife passed away. But now you're saying, but I don't really go because I feel awkward. Yes. So that's just, you see what I'm saying? There's a strange little dichotomy going on there as well. Most definitely. And so what I find fascinating is 
It's really our ability to get to know one another as Christ taught us. I mean, the hope that comes in Christ is to be able Mm -hmm. to one-on-one meet, visit, and get to know. And then those experiences develop and we grow. And we can meet each person at their own individual story. And every one of us is a little different. We have a different backstory. We have a different reason why we are single. And we have a different expectation about the future. And so, but along with saying that all of our stories are different, every married couple's story is different yeah, as well. Yes, how absolutely. they met is different. How they got married is different. How they have children or don't have children. All of us come together for this magical puzzle that is Heavenly Father's children. Mm-hmm. So to be able to put that together and to intertwine that is what is the key to all of this. Wonderful. Well, I'll finish up with another little question for you all. How has your life experience, and and of course specifically now, how is that experience bringing you closer to your Heavenly Father? I'll start with Lisa. It really makes you rely on your my Heavenly Father. I mean... At night when you're, you know, ready to go to bed and you're just praying and you're thinking. Um, that's that's our safety. Um, that's our, where we ask for help. Um, that's who I rely on. I, I, he's it. He is it. Um. And before I end up, and I don't want to not give a shout out though to my sweet, um, uh, the ministering, the the male brother gardener, and also Bishop Tuff, they've been so great to me and uh, offered to help me so much. I just wanted to just tell them thank you because that's meant a lot to me. So yeah, I just totally learned to rely on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much every evening, I pray to Heavenly Father, give me the courage to endure to the end. Give me the courage to keep my temple and baptismal covenants. I've discovered since COVID started, I'm studying the gospel far more than I ever did. And I'm getting insights. I'm getting reassurances. I'm getting the comfort of the Holy Ghost is saying, you're on the right path. Keep going. And so, trust Heavenly Father. He wants the best for us. That's what He wants all of us. He wants all of us to return to Him. And we need to trust that He knows what's best for us. And there are times when I'm saying, I just want to give up, but no. He says He will take care of you. Trust in Him. Trust in the atonement. Trust in the Savior that He will, through His grace, forgive your sins but try and get better every day. Wonderful. Thank you. Jamie? Um, Life has thrown some curveballs, and there's absolutely no way that I would be here without the help of my Heavenly Father, without the courage, without the resilience, without the love. And I know I am where I'm supposed to be. I know that I am with the earthly family I'm supposed to be with 
And being able to say that and being able to know with all my heart that Heavenly Father is there and that no matter what, I just need to reach out to him in prayer and ask for help, ask for forgiveness is something that is irreplaceable and something that I am so grateful for. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you all being here today. Wonderful discussion. And uh, thank you for just being who you are. Thanks for being part of our stake and specifically for sharing your thoughts today in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. Our hosts are the amazing overseer, Kim Keller, and the lovely Lindy Bauer. President Keller's right arm is our project director and podcast announcer, Casey Maddox. Our front line is the ever-ready Rachel Bauer to direct the site recording. A big thanks to Michelle Lugrin, who is our backbone project manager and who keeps us all together. Our contact man to coordinate communications clearly is John Freeman. Our technical life is given by Jesus Gomez, the key grip and podcast editor, and Don Ricker, the digital platform manager. Not to mention, they both provide plenty of behind-the-scenes good humor for our happiness and entertainment. Thank you for listening to One Heart, One Mind. We hope that you have felt inspiration and hope in moving towards Zion. As always, thank you, and may the Lord bless you.